0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, Life in Law, hosted by Acon Recruitment in connection with the Swansea JLD. I'm Michael Ives, Legal Recruitment Specialist. With us today we have Ebony Bale, former employment paralegal. Um, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm
1: good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm really good. How are
0: you? Yeah, very well. Thanks very much. I'm just enjoying the continuous remote life we live where the office is a thing of the past.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's um it's definitely been an adaptation, hasn't it? But I think at this point, I think we're all quite s- steadily used to it now. So I think most of us are itching to go back to the office. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's such a mixed bag, isn't it? Like there's so many pros and cons to it. But I think the answer is always somewhere in the middle, is not it? Like you know, sometime in the office, sometime when you're at home.
1: I think um I think that'll probably be the way the way forward. Um, looking at some of the um. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it shortly, but I'm looking at HR, and I know for a fact that a lot of the HR companies, especially in the big companies, now, are looking to take a mixed approach to uh, to working, so a mix of home working and office working. So I think that'll be the new, new, new normal. I would imagine.
0: <laughs> yeah, because like I know people talk about how flexible working from home is brilliant. It's not, you know, it's not fun, but you know, it's more convenient. But you do you do miss that socializing environment. You know you learn you learn from being near other people. So yeah. um, it's you know it's certainly pros and cons to it.
1: Definitely, we're all social creatures, aren't we? So we definitely need other people around us. I Absolutely. am. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, in so yeah, I wanted to ask firstly just a bit about your journey, really. So um, I take it you've done the LLB and the LPC? Uh
1: no, so I did uh, the BPTC. So I okay. did my law degree. Uh, from 2009-2012 in Swansea, funnily enough, by Swansea JLD, <laughs> go team. And then I then did the, the BPTC in Cardiff, uh, don't don't at me for that, um, but it was, yeah, it was a good year, very intense. But yeah, so I did um, some, a qualified but non-practicing barrister, um, as we are taught to say, and yeah, I never got pupillage, so that's how I ended up sort of paralegaling for an extended period of time.
0: What made you want to do the BPTC as opposed to the lp um
1: It was one of those things when I was younger. I was like, I want to, I want to go into law. So obviously, like my own dad, not really knowing a lot about law, or do you want to be, do you want to be, um, like a solicitor or a judge. And then obviously, let like, you talk to teachers and things, and they're like, oh, there's barristers, and I'm like, well, what do barristers do? And like, well, they they stand up in court and argue, basically. It's sort of like the really simplified explanation that I got when I was really little. I was like. I'll do that, um, so I just sort of decided when I was really, really young that that's what I wanted to do, and then just like had my blinkers on and was like, that's what I'm doing, and sort of all these different options came at me all the way through my school career. And I was like, no, I'm going to be a barrister, um, so yeah, it was just I just sort of decided, and then having learned about it and what they did, it just it, so I, I thought it suited me that obviously when I was younger, <coughs> excuse me, so yeah, that's why I, it was sort of a uh, just a decision that I made and stuck to really.
0: So would you look at, because I know you can cross qualify to the solicitor, can't you? Is it a professional of course? You,
1: you use? used to be able to. So there used to okay. be, um, I think it was like a, yeah, like a cross qualification exam or something you can do, yeah. but whatever the hole or the loophole was, it's now closed. Uh, so to do, um, to be a solicitor now, I'd have to um, redo the, well, not redo, do the LPC. So I'd have to fork out another 17 or 20 grand or whatever it is these days do the lpc then get a training contract um and then become a solicitor that way so yeah it's not really what i want to do however with the qualifications that i've got behind me so obviously the my law degree the bptc i can almost automatically qualify for silex if i want to so i just have to do a portfolio year Uh, like register as um, graduate silex do a portfolio um, and then i'd be able to be to be Silex qualified, then, if I if I so chose to do so,
0: that seems like a much more convenient route. And there's also the SQE, isn't there? I don't know if that's a route you can take.
1: Oh, it's that that's new, isn't it? I'm not sure I know a lot about that.
0: Yeah. So from what from what I understand, which is very basic, um, essentially it's almost studying on on the job so you, you kind of get, gain experience in a law firm and they and you present the evidence at the end I think and I might be oh, wrong I think,
1: I think I know something about it because I think um the charity that I work for at the moment we've got a lot of clinics on the network uh legal clinics probably legal clinics I think the volunteering that students do at those clinics can count towards it as well or at least they're looking to try and make that a thing it's just Run a small bell in my brain, so my sounds familiar. Oh, that's good though; that'd be really interesting. Yeah,
0: I, I think the more routes into law, the, the better, especially <coughs> if it's more convenient. Because ultimately, you, you have to jump with so many loopholes. To, um... Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask as well about um, obviously the D.L.L.B. What what tips would you give to students looking to embark on that?
1: On the L.L.B. to so the law degree.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I think it's difficult for me to say. It was such a long time ago and I did it now. Um, <laughs> a very, very long time ago. It feels like it anyway. Tips. Um, I think just university is an experience. Obviously, I know you're there to get a qualification, but I think you just need to go in with your eyes open um, and and just enjoy it. Just enjoy the experience. Make sure you get involved in as much as you can. One of the things that I failed to do when I was in uni because the social side of things uh, was my preference, Um, as it is for many students, I'm sure. But I didn't probably do as much work experience or get involved with sort of as many extracurriculars as I could. So I was in the Bar Society and I helped out with, um, there was like a student and campus committee that I was part of. But in terms of actual legal experience, I didn't do so much. So I did my lectures, did my, you know, my seminars, you know, studied for my degree, but I didn't think about all the other bits that go with it that would have really, really helped me in my search for pupilage. So, you know, from the off, when you get there, one, enjoy the experience. And then two, start networking as soon as you can, as quickly as you can and as far and as wide as you can and get those experiences because they are only going to help you because you can't draw on experience to say, I want to be a barrister because, or I want to be a solicitor because if you haven't experienced what you're saying you want to do, and that was one of my biggest stumbling blocks. So enjoy it and get some work experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's spot on. Um, I've had a lot of people on this podcast and they will say the exact same thing. Like it's the, the second you start, in your LLB, you need to you need to network. Yeah. You need to know the right people. Join the J.L.D. Get involved in these things. Try and try and get work experience from your local law firms. You know, just try and yeah. reach out. Try and get your name known. And um,
1: absolutely. And-, and just thing is, a lot of students like I've No, it's you know, it's, it is new and it's scary going to university. But you need to learn. It's a kind sounds easy, to say, you need to learn to not be shy. Like. People in, people in law expect people to come to them and ask for things. And if you don't ask, you don't get. So you yeah. might be at a networking event and be like, oh, I don't really want to talk to them, or I don't really want to send an email to them because they're probably going to ignore me. You don't know unless you try. So yeah. just, you know, again, easier said than done, but be as brave as you can and just and just commit. So at the end of the day, when you're actually in law, you're going to have to speak to hundreds of thousands of people that you don't want to speak to or you wouldn't usually speak to. Um, So just just get your practice in now um, whilst you're looking for experience.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Um, What would a day look like in the life of an employment law paralegal?
1: So it depends really what, um, sort of what type of employment law paralegal you are. I was lucky that I did everything. So I worked for claimants, respondents um, and sort of everything in between, not that there really is. But so I would, um, I would have to issue claims, I would have to negotiate claims through um, ACAS, which is the conciliation service. Um, you know, I I'd come in in the morning, I'd have to check my email, see if I had any particulars of claim to draft or you know a response um what they call a grant of resistance so that's the respondent's defense basically in an employment tribunal so I do a lot of drafting like that so you'd obviously have to speak to the clients get information draft up legal documents then I could be like I said conducting negotiations and that could be through ACAS or directly with a you know litigant in person on the other side um I quite often did hearings so I I conducted a lot of my own preliminary hearings on the telephone um so that was you know that's you the employment judge and the other side and you sort of talk through the case sometimes they're quite complex if there's something like a disability involved um and then sometimes it's just sorting out directions and things like that so you know a little bit of advocacy um it's a mixed bag really because I dealt with everything like I said from from issue of the well pre-issue of the claim all the way up to the final hearing so I've done everything from, you know, sorting out bundles, writing witness statements. Like I said, negotiating. And so I was lucky in that I I got the full spectrum of an employment case. So a lot of people do either claimant or respondent. So obviously, with respondent, then the work is much the same, but it just narrows down a little bit. So with respondents, you generally always take responsibility for um, doing the bundle and things like that, and they can be a lot more. Um, a lot more clients to speak to and things like that so yeah it depends on what side of the fence you're on or whether you're like I was sat in the middle and sort of dealing with everybody but it's very varied which is keeps it interesting.
0: I suppose it's a mixture of contentious and non-contentious isn't it so it gives you that variety and you learn a lot of different skill sets.
1: Yeah I mean mainly contentious I would say so I I, Mm. I dealt with all of the you know the the litigation so I didn't really do anything in terms of but I, I only picked things up when things had already gone wrong, yeah, really. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, when I was in new law, I did do a little bit of non-contentious in terms of I used to go to a couple of meetings, sort of to train people on HR matters, um, and you know, drafted up a couple of contracts and things like that. Um, so yeah, it, you know, I was when you're in contentious, um, it is all just the litigation side of it. Mm. But if you've got a more rounded role again, then, yeah, you could be doing things like drafting contracts or, you know, writing handbooks and stuff, which is still interesting, but not quite as fun as the litigation side of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not got that people element to it, is it? It's a bit more academic.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And um, so I know you've taken a step away from the law for the time being. So what, what made you want to do that?
1: so I think for me I've been you know like I said uh earlier on I sort of decided when I was very very young that I wanted to be a lawyer and I sort of stayed on that track and didn't look at any other options and you know I didn't you know I did enjoy being a lawyer I'm sure I will again in the future but I think for me it got to the point where I realized that I've I think I and I don't mean this in a big headway, but I think I had more to offer and where I'd never really tried anything else you know okay yeah I do a bit of Personal training on the side, but I'd never really done any other kind of job. So I only ever knew law, and I thought, what if there is something out there for me that suits me a little bit better? You know, and I, I'm a people person, and I it you know, like you know, like we just said, that's why I enjoyed the sort of litigation side things because it's very people orientated and you work with the clients. But I just thought, I wonder if my skills could be better used somewhere else, or whether I'd fit in in a different environment. So I think I just got curious. So um, I've embarked on a human resource management master's degree. So I'm doing that at the moment part time. And then I currently work for a charity called LawWorks. And so we're still in the legal sector because we, you know, sort of facilitate, promote um, and support pro bono activities and initiatives and clinics um, throughout England and Wales. But obviously, my focus is on Wales. And yeah, so, I, you know, I'm still in the legal sector, but I just wanted to try something different and sort of you know one give myself some time to really put a focus onto my master's degree and then yeah just sort of see you know if my skills were well suited to like another just another another type of work really and I'm really enjoying it and it is good but um I I think we were talking just before we came came on here. I'm I did an, an employment law module recently on my master's degree and absolutely smashed it so now there's part of me going maybe my skills are best placed in that area. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the moment, it's just, you know, having some time to do my master's degree, seeing, you know, seeing, if, seeing, what, what, seeing how my skills work in a different role and whether working in a different role can help me get better skills to be a lawyer when I go back to it as well, because obviously that's all I've ever done. I've only ever learned one way of doing things. So I just think it would be good to get some different life and work experience to be able to take back as well. So not just to take and give back in a in you know in a non-law context or so to take non-law law-based skills to go back to law and hopefully yeah. make me a better lawyer in the future
0: yeah absolutely and I, I think that people forget as well in their sort of drive to become a lawyer that getting a law degree and you learn yeah. a lot of skills to transfer to different areas whether it's HR or any yeah. other direction you can go like it's a very transferable degree to, to have um, yeah so, and don't don't be afraid to step outside law. Sometimes And I know, I know this podcast is called Life in Law, but this is about the ugly realities of the law as well. It's not all yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, it is life and law. And I, I, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, you know, being a paralegal and working in law, and it's brilliant. But you know, you we can box ourselves in. I think sometimes, and like I said, you know, like I, I decided that I was brilliant. That's what I wanted to do, and never gave any consideration to anything else. I think in order to become the best person and lawyer that you can be, you need to also look at different aspects because the people that you're working with as a lawyer day to day aren't lawyers. So they don't understand lawyering and the legal jargon and that sort of thing. So I think it's really beneficial to make yourself a really well-rounded person and a well-rounded lawyer to have experience doing other things. So yeah, you know, don't be afraid to to do something non-legal because as long as you can say what skills it gave you or how it you know helped you develop that's only going to help you as a lawyer I don't think anybody's ever going to sort of penalize you or punish you for the what you know so you know I guess I'm still in law a little bit but if you go and you know if you break away as long as you can link it back to how you did it why you did it and you can show that you've learnt and that you've gained something from it I think that's always just going to be going to be a positive
0: yeah absolutely I think that's spot on um i think that's a good place to leave the podcast yeah thanks so much for coming on
1: no problem at all thank you so much for having me um sorry if i've gabbled on at at any point but um yeah and also if anybody's got any questions i think feel free to direct them my way because i'm happy to have a chat with anybody take care
0: everyone thank you for listening and stay safe